This is a podcast from Delance Healing Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 in the Delance Healing Church building at Le Bank St. Sampson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or to find out more information about us, please visit our website at delancehealing.co.uk. two scriptures. I want to talk this morning how to come out of a wilderness. I want to just read uh, two scriptures. Um, Psalm 107. And then uh, I want to talk to, mention a verse that's come, certainly in the induction yesterday this verse came out and I just want to again just uh, bring that verse out again. Psalm 107 and verse 4. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry in soul, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distress. He led them forth by the right way. Then they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Okay, Isaiah 43 Verse 19. Say verse, start from verse 18 and we'll kind of connect to verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Isn't that great? Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? There's, I suppose, the phrase I want to get a hold of. I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let's just pray right now. And we've been asked also to pray for Anna Sid's daughter-in-law just needs a touch, didn't you, Sid? Uh, Lord, we, we just thank you that you know every need and every situation. And we, we do pray for Sid's daughter-in-law right now. We pray that you'd touch and you'd work in that situation, God. Give him an incredible sense of, of your peace and Incredible sense that you're at work in that situation, and we just bring his daughter-in-law right now to you. You know the situation, you know the need. We just release you into that right now, God. And Lord, now as we we just look at your word, I I pray, God, give us understanding, give us revelation, open our eyes of our understanding. We don't just want to hear a word today, Lord. We, We just want you to speak into our lives, into our situations, Lord. We just pray for any of this morning that just feel they're in the wilderness, Lord. I pray that in that wilderness, Lord, they would know the rivers just flowing and moving again, even in their wilderness experience, we pray. Just cause your word right now to come alive in every heart. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, Psalm 107. It's really describing people who kind of find themselves in a wilderness. This sense of, of this wilderness. And, and it's interesting how all of a sudden you can just find yourself in a wilderness. I describe it as just 
feeling where you feel parched, where you feel you're stumbling, you feel discouraged, you kind of feel confused, you feel like a dryness in your heart. The amazing thing about Psalm 107, it describes not just about a person being ill in a wilderness, but describes how you can get out of a wilderness. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, how to come out of your wilderness. I just wonder maybe this morning that you just feel right inside your spirit, maybe you feel dry, you feel spiritually parched. And the great news is that God's able to bring us out of a wilderness, amen? The promise is in the wilderness, he's going to cause a river to flow. It's interesting that so many people in the Bible had an incredible encounter with God in the wilderness. I think of Moses, Elijah, Elisha. It's almost in the sense, it's where God showed up in their wilderness. And I want to encourage you this morning to really believe that if you feel you're in a kind of wilderness experience this morning, spiritually and dry, that right in that midst of that wilderness, God can show up. Amen? God can show up right there in your wilderness. Just thinking of some things that can actually cause us to end up in a wilderness. What's the cause? How did we find ourselves in a wilderness? One of the things that people are saying about the, the church in the UK today is that maybe there's, there's a dryness there. And we want to be a people that's kind of rising out of the dryness, amen? Coming into such an incredible rivers of God flowing in the midst of that. But I just think of some things that can actually cause people to find themselves in a spiritual wilderness, and spiritual dryness. I think here's the first thing. When the reality is different from the dream I expected. In other words, when things didn't turn out the way that you expected them to turn out. I had this dream, and the reality is it didn't happen the way I thought it would. There's almost this big gap between what God put in your heart and how it's kind of not happening the way you thought it would happen. Maybe that relationship didn't turn out the way you hoped it would. That job situation. And you end up feeling discouraged, and, and you end up in a kind of spiritual wilderness and dryness, and you get a little bit hard, a little bit more cynical, and you find yourself really drawing back on God. I think I said it last week, that God wants to restore again the dreams in your heart. He wants to cause those dreams that maybe you put on the shelf, those prophetic words that were over your life, but somewhere you've just got to put on the shelf. God wants to renew and revive those dreams in your heart. Amen. I think it's the second thing. When you make choices that move you away from God, when you say no to God, when you make choices and maybe get yourself in all kinds of compromising situations, and you know deep in your heart you're not doing the right thing, the attitudes and, and the things and the actions that you're doing aren't in line with God's will for your life. And Often when we get into a place of disobedience, we often find ourselves in a wilderness. Isn't it incredible also that our disobedience often can affect so many other people? I always remember a man, never, never forgot this testimony, and he was an evangelist, and he kind of pulled himself out of the will of God. And in the midst of that, he lost the fire of God. The fire of God wasn't burning in his heart as it once was. And, and, he, and he says, during that time in that wilderness, he says, I just think of the souls I could have reached. The people that I could have impacted. 
the lives I could have changed if only I would have been on fire for God. And my disobedience brought me into my wilderness, and in that wilderness, other people's lives were affected by it. And so we don't want to allow anything in our lives. We don't want to be outside the will of God. We want to be right in the center of the will of God. Because when we step outside, we make wrong choices, wrong decisions, things that draw us away from God. And the ultimate result of that is you always find yourself in the wilderness. Here's the third thing. I think when we allow hurtful and unresolved events in our lives that we, we don't really deal with, where we've been hurt by someone, betrayed by someone. We've heard incredible testimony that people have lost money because someone betrayed them, someone failed them. Maybe somebody you trusted, and you put time and energy into that particular person, that particular relationship, and it all kind of fell apart. And you felt hurt, and, and you've been affected by that. And, and it's left bitterness in your heart, maybe, and, and doubt, and, and anger inside you. Maybe somebody said something to you. And we've talked in the day how often, how words can have such an effect on our lives. I mean, a lot of people in life, and, and they can. Look back, not to even what was done to them, but they can still remember to this day the words that were spoken. Those words that pierced their hearts and, and left them feeling hurt and broken. And it's just caused you to, to find yourself in a wilderness. And that's why it's so important we deal with the hurts and the pains and, and, and those hurtful situations because if we don't confront them, if we don't deal with them and, and, and bring them before God and receive his healing power in that part of our being, the result is you find yourself in the wilderness. So many people are in spiritual wildernesses because they never really confronted the hurtful experiences of life. And it's left them discouraged, left them confused, and left them in the kind of wilderness experience. Let me just say also four things. Here's the good news is that God can renew you again. Amen? He can put rivers right in the midst of that again. Four things about a wilderness as well. First thing is, a wilderness is a dry place. There's never any water. And that's what Psalm 107 is all about. It's about an experience where there's no water. And, you know, you're wandering backwards and forwards, and there's nothing to drink. We don't understand what it really means to be truly parched in, this, in our society. We don't really know what it means to, to experience true thirst. What it really means. And, it, and that's a picture of a wilderness. David spent much of his life in a wilderness. So much of his life was, was, was in a wilderness run, running from that cra kind, of, kind of crazy maniac. So remember that story? And he finds himself so often in a wilderness. But here's the thing about David. David learned to thrive in a wilderness. Look at Psalm 63. He talks about a wilderness experience and how he thrived in a wilderness. This is what David said. And he's in the wilderness of Judea. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirst for you my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water 
So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. This is what David says. He says, in the wilderness, I am going to step up my seeking after God. In the wilderness, I'm going to pursue God with all my heart. And in verse 2, he speaks about, he says, I've looked for you in the sanctuary. I have a thirst. I have a hunger for the living God. And one thing I found, in the wilderness, you learn about the presence of God. He just said this. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. In other words, Jesus says that you may be thirsty, but there's a river living inside you. And I believe that, that we need to seek God to be full of the Holy Spirit. Because in your wilderness experience, that's a time where you can get really thirsty for God. I believe that you can be really filled to the level God wants you to be filled. But the key is so much down to your thirst and your desire for God. I think the biggest barrier to a spirit-filled life is complacency. Where we get satisfied and complacent with what we have. We get comfortable. We get complacent in our condition and our status. A.W. Tozer said these words. He said, a complacent soul is a stagnant soul. In other words... In that wilderness sometimes, when you're going through a kind of wilderness experience, I think that's an opportunity where you get thirsty. You get hungry. You get desperate for God. And your thirst and your desire for God create a capacity for God. The greater the thirst, the greater the hunger, the greater will be the capacity for God. Where there is no hunger, where there is no thirst for God, where there becomes a complacency in our soul, there's no real capacity for God to fill. And I think that's what the enemy desires more and more, for you and I to be so complacent with where we are. To get to a place where we kind of reach that kind of, that kind of level that we've not really moved beyond. And God says, if you want to see an incredible move of my spirit, then get hungry, get thirsty, and I'm going to flow in the midst of that thirst, in the midst of that hunger. Smith Wigglesworth, who I tend to quote a lot, incidentally, uh, said this, to hunger and thirst after righteousness is when nothing in the world can fascinate us as much as being near to God. What an incredible thing. Say, God... Nothing else fascinates me like you. Nothing but the presence of Jesus satisfies the yearning and the cravings of my heart. I'm just fascinated with the beauty of Jesus. I want more and more of you, Lord. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is what? Good. So the more I taste, the more I want. Is that right? If you've really tasted of God, and the result of that is not where you become complacent, is you want more. The more I have of Jesus, the more I want. Isn't that an incredible thing? 
creates a greater hunger, a greater desire in your heart for him. And I think the tragedy is often we settle for so little when God offers us so much. Again, sorry to say this, but Smith Wigglesworth again. <laughs> he says this, you know, often we're satisfied with a thimble when God offers us an ocean. Amen? So we need to get so hungry, so thirsty for God. I love the story of a young man. And he, he went to this very wise old man. And he says, you know, I want to experience God in a greater way. He takes this young man to, to a sea and ocean and puts his head under the water. And this man holds him and holds him and holds him, literally to the last moment, and he's almost passed out and then lifts him back up. He says, young man, when you are as desperate for breath as you are for God, then you will encounter him. And that's what we need, that hunger, that thirst, that desire for God. And the more hunger we have in the wilderness, the more God will turn. You know what often the problem is? So often we have false comforts and false things. And those false comforts actually quench our thirst for God. I think that particularly today, there's so many things out there that, that can take our, our affections and our desire for God. And, and they're false things that, that almost are like kind of junk food, really. That take away the true hunger and the true desire for God. Often in the wilderness, you know what happens in the wilderness? All your props are kicked away. All the false comforts, all the false things we've been relying in and trusting. And we suddenly realize without God, we can't make it. And how much we need him, how hungry we are for him. All those things we've become to rely on and trust on are just kicked from underneath us. And we say, God, I realize I just need you. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for the living God. Sometimes one of the reasons why we become so dry is because we back away. Back away from our worship. Back away from our times with God. In fact, a good way to attack, to attack your wilderness is through praise and worship. Whenever you feel dry, whenever you feel kind of distant from God, then just worship him. Just begin to praise him. Just begin to worship him. And you'll find those rivers begin to just welling up inside you. And I believe that we should come to church with the joy of the Lord right there. We should come with such a full sense of excitement, such a, a sense of exuberance in our hearts. And I think it's just so amazing that when we say, God, I just need you, and we're hungry and thirsty, there becomes a flourishing. There becomes a release of the water. There becomes a river being put in your wilderness. And I just felt, I found this, and I felt this Lord say to this one, no matter how low you feel, how parched you feel, God is able to put a river in your desert place, in your dry place. There's the next thing, I think. Think about a wilderness also. It's a, it's, a, it's a directionless place. Think about a wilderness. It's just totally directionless. You know, you go around the same rock. Every single place seems the same way. You know, like Guernsey, you know, every rock seems the same sort of thing. And, you, and you're kind of just wandering around. And that's a wilderness. It becomes a directionless place. The children of Israel walk for, for 40 years in a circle. And sometimes in a wilderness, we don't know where we should be going. We don't know where we should be heading. We'll lose our sense of vision, our sense of destiny. And I found this. 
If you were in that wilderness and you'd find a, found a compass, you'd know where the north is. You know where to go. You might not be out of your wilderness, yeah, but you're heading out of it. But tell what you need, what God wants to do in your wilderness. You need to hear God speak to you. The Bible says it was in the wilderness where Elijah heard the Lord speak to him, and he came as a whisper. God spoke into his heart. He says it wasn't in the thunder, it wasn't in the earthquake, but in the still, small voice, God spoke to my heart in my wilderness experience. And God wants to speak. One word from God can change your life. Amen. Why is that? Because in the wilderness, you begin to give God your attention. All the other distractions, all the other things that stop you getting still and letting God speak to you, suddenly are removed. And in your wilderness, you say, God, I'm removing all these distractions and I need a word from you. I need that whisper. I need that word of God. I'm facing a crisis situation. I need a word. I'm facing a very hard decision. I need a word. And so all the other things begin to be removed, and you set your mind, you set your heart to hear God speak into your life. Amen. Another thing about a wilderness. A wilderness is a hostile environment. You don't go into your wilderness for comfort. You don't go, well, I think I'll have a holiday in the wilderness. You know, I think I'll have a nice sort of relaxing holiday in the wilderness because it's a hostile environment. And I think that when you go through those times, the key to coming out of your wilderness is feeding your heart on the Word of God. I just love this. Remember what Jesus did in the wilderness? When Satan came to him, we told he came to him in the wilderness, he quoted from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's just look at that, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Satan comes to Jesus right there in the wilderness. And Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 8. You know, all Jewish boys often had, would memorize the first five books of, of the Bible, the five books, the Pentateuch, five, first five books of Moses. Can you imagine memorizing the whole of the five books of Moses? And that's what they did. And this is what really Jesus quoted. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. And he says, you shall remember the Lord your God. He led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, and know what is in your heart, whether you would, not, whether you would keep his commandments on it. Let's just stop there a moment. Often when you go through your wilderness, you see things about yourself you didn't see before. It's very interesting. Every one of us can have blind spots in our life. Things that we don't really see about ourselves. The amazing thing is, probably everybody else sees it. But we often don't see blind spots inside us. We don't see sometimes the pride that can lie very deep in our hearts. Often said that when you say, I've got no pride, it means you have got pride. Because the fact, is, the fact is, because you think you've got no pride. You know what I'm saying? Because often in the world, they say, actually, I didn't realize I had that prideful attitude. I didn't realize things about my heart. And all kinds of things that you that lie deep inside you, often in the wilderness, begin to come to the surface. Attitudes, wrong responses in life, 
Things that you've kept deep in, things that you didn't see about yourself. But God says in the wilderness, I did it so you could really see what was truly in your heart. Sometimes we think we're, we're, we're men of faith. Until we face a wilderness, we realize actually how little faith we really have. Sometimes we think, I've got no fear whatsoever. Until you're confronted with something. And you realize some fears that you've never confronted or dealt with. See, God reveals those things to your heart. So they're right there, brought to the surface. Because when they're brought to the surface, when you really see it, then you can deal with it. Is that right? And God says, in the wilderness, you began to see things in your heart that you never really knew were there. Things that you, I want you to confront. Things I want you to deal with. That's what God began to do. Let me go back. He says, verse 3, So he humbled you. How many found the wilderness? You get a bit humbled a bit. I thank God for many wilderness experiences that have humbled me greatly. Amen? Allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make, make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And he's saying, if you really want to come out your wilderness, you've got to get the bread from heaven. You've got to get that specific word for your specific situation. The word of God is a living, breathing word. Not just a book, but it's a living, breathing word of God. I love Zechariah 9, 12. This is what God, I remember this incredible word that God spoke to my heart. He says, for every one of your troubles, I will give you double. That's a good word right there, amen? And so God wants you to be so saturated with his word. I like the word marinate. You know what I mean? You marinate onions, you marinate like pickled onions, whatever else you kind of marinate. And you just soak it in it. To preserve it. And God says, I want you to soak yourself in my word. I want you to marinate in my word so you get so full of the word that when you face the challenges of life, when you face a wilderness, you can say, thus says the Lord. The word's in me. And when I'm confronted with a challenge, then I'm sharpening my sword and I can be like Jesus that pulls out his sword against all the attacks of the enemy and says, it is is written. Here's the problem. When often we, we, we face a challenge, there's no word in us. So the circumstance, the feeling overwhelms us because we don't know what's written. We're not marinated in the word. And so the circumstance and the challenge overwhelms us because the word's not deep inside us. But marinate yourself in the word. So when the challenges and the battles of life come, you can say, it is written. Amen. Here's the next thing. The only thing about a wilderness is you're isolated. You're by yourself. That's what it means. You're isolated. Often in a wilderness, the danger is we draw back from fellowship. We draw back from connecting with other believers. And I found this. That's what the devil loves. The devil loves it when you're isolated. The devil loves it when you're kind of pulling away. Because the more you pull away, the more isolated you are, the greater the enemy can kind of attack you. I just read this verse. I just think it's so wonderful. 1 Samuel 23, verse 15. I just love here what it says of David. I love 
that relationship between David and Jonathan. And in 1 Samuel 23, verse 15, there's this incredible picture of that relationship. And I just love it. And that's, I think this is the way that, these are the kind of relationships that God wants us to have with one another. We all need a Jonathan. Can you say amen? And this is what I love about Jonathan. We all need a Jonathan to speak into our lives. It says in 1 Samuel 23, verse 15. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of, of Zip in a forest. Then Jonathan saw sun and rose, went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. Isn't that wonderful? We need people that strengthen our hand in God. You need to get around people that aren't going to tell you what's wrong with you, but are going to tell you what's right with you. People who are not going to tell you the cup's, the, you like the cup, the cup's half empty, but tell you the cup's half full. Amen? Just those people are just going to speak encouragement into your life. They're going to tell you, come on, you can do it. They're going to speak encouragement. They're going to strengthen you and tell you that, that you can do incredible things. You can fulfill that dream. You, you can fulfill that desire. You can do those amazing things. And church ultimately is about that. It's about encouraging each other to fulfill vision and destiny in our hearts, encouraging us and saying, you can do it. You've got all the potential. You've got all the ability. You've got great things in your life. We just need people. They're going to strengthen us. Because we all need it. Is that right? We all need those people. And I say, surround yourself with people who are going to so encourage you, so strengthen you. But when you're isolated, the dream seems so far away. But when you're around encouraging people, the stirring of the dream gets inside you. Amen. And I just love that. So make sure that in your, you get people around you. So about this one, there's, there's the next thing. Resolve in your heart and say, I am going to come out of my wilderness. Amen. I believe in the God who restores and refreshes. I believe he's going to pull me out of this dry place. I believe he's going to cause that river to flow in my life again. Here's the problem. Here is, I think, the big thing. Sometimes we can resist God. If I was to have this pulpit, as you see, if I was to pour water on this pulpit, what would happen? Would it soak into it? Had a cloth. I pour water onto a cloth. Would the water absorb the cloth? Same water, what's the difference? Different surface. God speaks the same word. God does the same thing. It's often down to the condition of our heart. Sometimes we can get hard and, and we can resist God. We can build all kinds of hardness inside our hearts. Things can, I think things in life can harden us. We get disappointed. People fail us. People disappoint us. And so easily our hearts can become like a surface like that. We become hard. And we resist what God's trying to do in us. And God says, allow me to cause your heart to become open so I can pour in my love and my presence into your life. And that's the key. Just to open our heart and say, God, just pour in your love. Pour in your spirit. Pour in all that I need to receive into my life. Amen? Just open your heart. 
Open your heart and let God pour in. Let me close with this. Go back to Isaiah 43. I think the call in the wilderness is saying God just wants to cause you to open your life and say, God, I need a river. I'm in a dry wasteland and I need a river. But I think here's the last thing that just brings you out your wilderness, and it's right there in Isaiah 43, that verse we just read. I call it, I call it this way, the new thing-minded. Become a person that he's a new-minded person. Looked at it earlier. God says, don't consider form of things. I just think, I'd love us to do as a, a body here, that we begin to create an atmosphere where we declare new things. That God says, I'm about to do a new thing, something I've never done before. If he's done it before, then it's not new, is that right? And God says, I want to meet your need in a way I've never met a need before. I want to open a door of opportunity in a way I've never opened the door before. Forget the former things. The way to remain in a wilderness is to hold on to the former things, to hold on to those past mistakes, to hold on to those past failures, to hold on to the past hurts and all those things that come from our past. And God says, forget them, let go of them. If you remember the former things, it will be hindrance to the new thing. You'll never experience new things as long as you're holding on to former things. And there's the problem. So often we can hold on to former things in all kinds of ways, all kinds of means. We can, and God says, just move on, press on. Today is a new day. Let go of the former things. Put right what you need to put right. Put things right that you need to put right. Repent of things that you need to repent of and then move on. Amen? Remember no longer the former things. And he says, behold. And that word behold means to observe, to look and to see. God says, I'm doing a new thing. Notice a new thing. It's in present tense. It's not I will do a new thing. Or I've done a new thing, it's in present tense. I'm doing a new thing. Sometimes you need to declare in every area of your life, God, I believe you're doing a new thing. Just begin to create that atmosphere. God calls himself, I am. I thought about that. That means that God is a present tense God. That means that every day we should have an expectancy for God to do something new in our lives. Why is that? Because every day you and I face new challenges. Is that right? Every day there's new things that we face. And God says in the midst of those challenges, I'm going to do a new thing. Every day we need a fresh infilling. Every day we need a fresh word from God. We need something fresh. And that word fresh means something we are not accustomed to. One thing about God is not very good at repeating himself. Because he's always creative and he's always wanting to do something new. And God says, I'm going to do something new in your life, something I've never done before.
And all God says is this, is I just want a people that will allow me to do a new thing. People are not going to cling on to former things, past failures, past mistakes, past disappointments. They're just going to let go of it. They're going to let go of everything that comes under the realm of former and let me do something so new, something you're not accustomed to, something I've never done before in your life. And in a sense, I want to do that every day. Every day you can have a fresh encounter with God. Every day can be a fresh word and, and, and a fresh infilling and, and a fresh move of God in your life. God wants us to be like that individually, and I think God wants to be like that corporately. That we're just open. We're not talking about doing just something weird, but something says, God, you do so many new things. How dare we base you doing something on what you did in the past? Is that right? See, if God does it, it'll be something he's not done before because it's a former thing, and God doesn't move in a way that reveals former things. Everything he does is fresh, and everything he does is new. And sometimes we get so locked in our minds, and this is where we miss it, because God worked in a certain way before. We try and repeat it, we try and do it, and we fall flat on our faces. Because God is a God of what? New thing. So develop a new thing mentality. In fact, the way to remain in the wilderness is to always keep doing the same thing. I think someone said this. The height of madness is to do the same thing and expect different results. Isn't it crazy? We can keep doing the same thing, and some way we expect something to be different. It's not the way it works. God is a God of new things. So God says to us this morning, if you feel so dry, if you feel like you're in a wilderness, then in your wilderness, I'm going to put a river there. I'm going to cause something to burst, something to flourish, something to come forth from your life. Just be thirsty. Just be open. Just allow me to speak. Just open your heart. Don't resist, but open your heart and let me come and speak into your life. Just come before the right now. Let's just, let's just come before him in his mind. Behold. I do a new thing. In the wilderness, I'll make a new way. In the wilderness, I'm going to put a, a river. A river that will flow. An incredible river of God. To just stand for a few moments and just stand. Everywhere you feel this morning, say, God, it's such a dryness in my spirit, such a dryness in my heart. You're the very person this morning that God can say, I, I'm going to cause a river to flow in that dryness. God doesn't want 
dry wildernesses or dry wasteland. He wants rivers. In fact, God didn't put a dry wasteland in you. He put a river inside you. Because out of your innermost being will flow rivers of God. Rivers that are just swallow. And the rivers God put in us are there to touch those around us who are dry and desperate. That's I'm going to put a river in you that's going to reach out and touch people who are so desperate and so broken and so hurting. You're going to be an oasis. You're going to be a river that what I put in you is not for you, but it's to flow from you. To touch the hurting, the broken, the, the disillusioned, if you like. And it flows out of you. Say, Lord, this morning, put a river, flow a river in me right now. Cause out of my inner being just to flow just incredible rivers of God. Come into the parchedness, into the dryness. That area of dryness in my life, would you put a river right there in the middle? Just cause it to burst out of me, God. Just reach out to here. Jesus said, if you're thirsting, come to me. Come to me and drink. Come and be receptive. Come and open your heart and let me cause a river to flow out of you. Father, we just come this morning and God, we say, would you release rivers in our hearts today? I pray for every dry place of our, of our, of our hearts today. Any dry place in our lives, Lord. I say, God, would you release a river? Would you cause the rivers of God to flow out of dry places in us? And Lord, I just think together that, Lord, that we'll be um, incredible rivers. Each of us just lets rivers flow out of us. And together, corporately, just an amazing river would flow into this island. So, Lord, let the rivers flow today. Lord, in a sense, we... We come against every area of dryness. Lord, would you stir in us such a, a desire, Lord, that the rivers would just be an absolute torrent just flowing out of us today. I'm just calling you. I say, Lord, let the rivers flow out of me this morning. Let the rivers of God flow. Let those rivers flow out of me. Let those rivers flow out of me this morning, God. Cause those rivers to flow again. Hallelujah. You know, I found that God will bypass a million people just to touch somebody who's thirsty. Just to touch somebody who's hungry. May you be the one that God would touch and move upon. People here this morning, and you've been discouraged. Things didn't turn out the way that you'd hoped they'd turn out. And there's been a discouragement that's, got, that's crept into your spirit, that's crept into your heart, and it's just caused a dryness to come inside you. God wants to renew hope again. He wants to renew destiny in your heart again. Let the rivers flow. Let the rivers flow. Some of us have, some of this gone on you just says, God, I'm not quite sure you can ever use me again. God says, I want to remind you that you are still usable in my sight. Been molding, been shaping, but you are a person I can still use 
You are still usable before me. In fact, God takes your nothing and does something with you. Hallelujah. Father, let the rivers flow, we pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey Union Church. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelin.co.uk.